Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. We're down to two. <laughs> it's all falling apart. It's all falling apart. I I, I need to warn everybody. Um, like, if it's Paul and I. Um, Chris and uh, Colson are out. Chris is still on sabbatical. On sabbatical. Colson is... Um, Maggie is going to get induced tomorrow morning at, at like 5 a.m. Why would you do that to someone? Because you got to go play golf in the afternoon. Sure. I just, wow. Anyway, that's a joke. That's a, that's a doctor joke. But it's just me and Paul, and I got to warn everybody that Paul and I could probably go through this meeting in about 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but we're going we're gonna to try to. That's because we don't know anything. Yeah, we, we don't just, know what's going on. Whatever. Hey Paul, what's going on? He tells me what's going on, and then we just we just move on from there. It's no big deal. Less commentary. Um, but we actually have a few things to talk about this uh this time. Um Lyle Skeels got to preach last week on Psalm sixty seven. Mm-hmm. Um and that went well. That was uh it and it, it has been a long time since I heard Lyle uh preach he he preached when when we were at uh calvary a couple of times i think um uh fred smith was the um lead pastor senior pastor pastor mm-hmm. whatever um there and uh um lyle ended up being an elder and so sometimes when uh, fred would go on vacation joshua webb or yeah they their structure is that elders kind of supply the pulpit yeah. in the interim, and that's what led them to their current. Yeah, pastor was an elder. They they had been filled in an interim, and they just said, "Why don't you do it?" And now right. I think their executive guy is going to be an elder or really? transition. Yeah, he was an elder that was in that process, that's and great. then now they're going to transition him into an executive role. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Bivocationally, I think both of them. Yeah, both of them are bivocational. They're not going to. Um, yeah, which is fantastic and. Always, always love to hear how uh, Calvary's doing because I love those people. Um, but uh, that's the last time that I heard um, Lyle was there, and then was pleasantly surprised when he showed up in the congregation here at South Spring, and I was like, "Well, here we go." Mm-hmm. So, um, Psalm sixty-seven uh, was one of those um, I, I think often missed missed Psalms. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not. 63 it's not 73 it's not or 62 sorry um it's not 73 it's not 23 it's not some of these ones that we've got these um as people doilies said before. yeah the doilies the embroidered pillar pillow mm-hmm. uh um, parts from but like super um exciting and i uh i i missed um and i'm sure most people did uh, that uh reference to the um uh, priestly blessing mm-hmm. um, until I read it this time. And I was like, well, that's amazing. Like that's super important that that's there. And um, anyway, I love yeah. the, the, the remembering the blessing, but uh, Jill actually had a cool um, yeah. response to something Insight. that uh, Lyle said. What was that? He was very quickly again. And we've been commenting on, you know, characteristics of Psalms and some things that'll help you understand them. And Lyle had mentioned kind of the use of repetition, which we had also kind of said in, I think, one of the first podcasts in the Psalm series that we were doing, um, that he was like, yeah, he basically says something, and then he says it backwards to make sure you got it, you know, in in repetition so that it sinks in. 
and Jill kind of leaned over and realized like, this is parenting. Like, this is what we do. Like this is being a psalm writer apparently is just being a mom yeah. because all I do is I tell my children something and then when they don't understand or don't obey, yeah. well, then I just say it again in a different way and maybe, yeah, repeated it just backwards. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, what a funny, funny structure of repetition and then, yeah, linking that to, again, how we even train our own children. And what a great even statement of like, and yes, and this so much is probably what the Lord does with us graciously. Absolutely. <laughs> just parenting us uh, along through life. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to do it. And so I'm going to tell you again, backwards. Backwards. Until I, then just, I'm going to help you do it. And I, 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 I urge you, if that doesn't like automatically strike a chord with you, next time you're parenting your kids, just pay attention to the way that you talk to them. Because <laughs> I guarantee it, that is exactly how you talk to your kids, is mm-hmm. that, that repetition that like, I'm going to say it one way, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to come back at it from a different angle, because you're not going to, like, you yeah. That and, blank look on your kid's right. face is all it's saying is, I have no idea what you're saying. Well, you just said, yeah. And that's true in discipline. That's oh, yeah. true in just driving along, explaining things as right. they ask questions. Yeah, just all all those things. It's like we say it. We say it the way that it hits us. They don't get it, so we repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get it. And it's like, oh, let's slow it down, switch it up so that you can understand this. But Absolutely. But then it did remind me, and maybe, a, a, you know, what we can spend some time talking about, uh, yeah. another characteristic that is true in the Psalms, um, but is actually probably true broader than just poetry. Yeah. Um, this is true across a lot of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. um, which is the the element called a chiastic structure or a mm-hmm. chiasm, um, which is a, a specific type of repetition. Right. Because there is just true repetition, and we've seen that, and we've talked about it, where it says it one way, and then it almost just rephrases it and says it immediately again. And that's easy for us to spot in English. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one, that structure, the the repetition structure that we see, especially in the Psalms, but also in other places too, mm-hmm. of of repeating yourself or saying something one way and then saying it again, just a little bit different. Um, that's that's easy for us to pick up on, but yep. chiasm is not. Why don't you explain what chiasm is? Yeah, it's kind of like a mirror. Um, you basically like lead up to a point, and so the mm-hmm. center point would be the actual glass itself, and mm-hmm. then you move backwards through it. And so probably a truer explanation that Lyle was saying, it truly is. You say something one way, and then you really say the same thing in reverse order. Yeah. So you say it backwards in reverse order. Um, some some people like to think of it as like a sandwich, Yes. Um, the idea being, you know, in an, any good proper sandwich, there should be meat in the middle. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. so yeah, you know, we all understand Paul that. and I are not going to disagree on that one. <laughs> and so like your most important thing, what you're building up to is the meat. Yes. And so the meat sits as the center. And if it's really important meat, you're going to have double portions. And so you're going to have two lines yes. of the meat. You can't have single, but then oftentimes. I am getting so hungry right now. <laughs> it has double. And so the idea would be you start with the bread on either, either end. So you're going to start and you're going to finish with the bread and then yeah. you're going to move to the lettuce, you know, in between or the condiments and whatever, and you're building it up. And so it's, it's going to say cheese, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And so some, some people, yeah, right. Build sandwiches, you know, where they just stack everything on top of each other. Or some people really right. mirror their building of their sandwich where, right. you know, you put, you have the bread and you put mustard on both sides. You put cheese on both sides. You put lettuce on both sides and then you put meat, you know, in the middle or whatever it is. But it's kind of that idea. It's this, but not tomatoes. Because that's a fruit. <laughs> Gross. Um, it's this idea of like this reflection off of this center main 
point. You're highlighting something that you you don't want to miss, and so you build off of it. It's right. often it's also called a ring structure. Um, the idea that you would really circle down to you know I following a ring, right? You okay. circle down to a point, and yeah. then you circle back to yeah, the beginning. that makes sense. Um, there there you know in academia oftentimes simply expressed as ABBA statements. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of just again how they would. Um, notate them would yeah. be, you know, spelling out each principle by, okay, principle A, this, this statement, principle B, this statement, mm-hmm. principle C, this statement, and that's the main statement. So then now we'll go back to B modified, B prime as mm-hmm. a restatement of B or A prime. Now at the end, a restatement of A. Mm-hmm. Um, some people put X as the center to, so you don't miss what's going on. Um, but whatever it is, it's this idea of going, going through in one way, hitting, building up to your point, and then to emphasize your point, reversing the buildup to it back right. to the simple things. Um, I was looking up just kind of examples, and and again, this isn't just that it is in the psalmist. Um, one of the more clear ones is found in uh, Joel, or one of the first ones that popped up, uh, Joel 3, mm-hmm. 17 through 21, as Joel kind of comes to a conclusion, um, is, is speaking of, I'll, I guess I'll read it in entirety, and then uh, point out the repetition. Because yeah. again, it is one of those things, if you're a vi- visual learner, it helps to see it. And so this isn't going to be that helpful. Um, so pull up, you know, pause for a minute and pull up um, whatever device that you can and, and take a look at it. But it says, so that you shall know that I am the Lord your God who dwells in Zion, my holy mountain. And Jerusalem shall be holy and strangers shall never again pass through it. And in that day, the mountains shall drip sweet wine and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water, and the fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord, and the water from the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall become desolation, and Edom a desolate wilderness. For violence done to the people of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land, but Judah shall be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem to all generations, I will avenge their blood, Blood I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Mm. So this is a, a this you know glorious picture of what the Lord is going to accomplish in some stark words. There's some there's some yeah. very frank beauty that is coming here, and then there's also some frank opposition Desolation. to the, yeah to these enemies. And so this is what the Lord is accomplishing. Um, essentially, is talking about the blessing of His kingdom. The blessing mm. of Zion. So his kingdom is going to be blessed. So if that's the main crux, ironically, in this chiastic structure, we find it right in the middle. Um, we find in verse 18, we have the blessing of the kingdom. Mm. And so what builds up to it is kind of three points. So an A, B, and C to this blessing. One, God D. dwells. Yeah. God dwells in Zion. Mm. And that's how he starts. That's the first half of 17. The next thing is Jerusalem is holy. Jerusalem has a special place in this. That's the end of 17. Yeah. Foreign invaders are banished. This is the first kind of again. So we have God dwells in Zion. Jerusalem is holy. So foreign, you know, invaders aren't going to be successful. Why? Because the blessing of the kingdom. Mm. God has blessed his kingdom. And this is what he's doing. So then what does he do? Verse 19, he moves backwards. The enemies are destroyed. Mm. Then in 20 and 21, Jerusalem and Judah are preserved, and so the same thing. So Jerusalem is holy, and Jerusalem is preserved. And then now why? At the very end, 21, God dwells in Zion, and that's kind of the bookends. 
Um, so that's that's kind of again a chiastic structure. There are so there there are even those that go so far, um, and I would say this kind of forces it a little bit more. Um, but you can you can actually pull up the Psalms, and there are people who've written a chiastic version of every single every song. single psalm. Yeah, and again, okay. I think that that's forcing the hand a little bit much. I think so too. Um, but the way that it was described to me, the way that a chiasm was described to me, was we like. Um, even, even people who didn't grow up taking the toss test, but especially the people who grew up in Texas taking the, uh, Texas assessment of academic skill, um, uh, or whatever version of that there was, Mm -hmm. there was a writing portion to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the way they taught us to write, um, was the same across. And this is kind of the way that it works when you do a, um, a, standardized tests like this um, was was very specific and it, it had specific rules for d- specific uh, types of writing and you had to know how to do them and know what they were asking for in the prompts and all of that mm-hmm. stuff um, but what it came down to and and I think a lot of uh, American at least um, uh, education has the same thought process that when you are writing a paper, you start with an introduction, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got three paragraphs, at least, mm-hmm. of uh, the body, mm-hmm. right? And then you have a conclusion, mm-hmm. right? And so they would they would tell us that okay, if you're if you're writing like, um, and this was just what was expected of you. Like that was kind of a making it clear. This is what is expected of you. Um, in the introduction, you want to make sure that you tell them what you are going to say. Mm-hmm. In the conclusion, you want to make sure that you have told them what you have told them. Mm-hmm. Like that you repeat what you have told them. In the body, then you have basically, you know, if it's a persuasive um, essay, you have arguments, three arguments for why you are right or why they want to, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, different things like that. And you want to, um, I was told you either want to start with or end with, usually the strongest one was to end with, mm-hmm. uh, your strongest, uh, argument. Yeah. Um, so we have like that, um, that kind of structure in our heads when we read things, mm-hmm. right? So when, when we read, something that was written a long time ago, we kind of expect that. Yeah. But then it keeps going. Yeah. That's not the way that they were taught to write. Right. Um, They were taught to write in this chiastic form. So I would say it's stretching to try to do that for every single one. But I think it's telling that you can find some sort of hint of that Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ones. Yeah. Because even if they're not very stark, right. That like idea the feel is, of it is the same thing. Like that, that if you look at a lot of things written by American people, you've got the, the same type of intro conclusion and meat in the middle, but that meat may just be, yeah. you know, laid out differently um, type of thing. And so we don't like, I was, I, the way that I was shown the chiasm the first time was when we were uh, reading Mark in school um, mm-hmm. and they talked about the Mark and sandwich, mm-hmm. which is, a thing where he would have two uh, stories that were 
of similar. I, I prefer Markian. Markian, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Markian sandwich. Um, uh, Marky Mark. I prefer Cuban. Marky Mark. So. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we digress. Um, uh, so the Markian sandwich has uh, two stories that are alike, mm-hmm. you know, or have the same kind of bent towards them or lesson involved with them. And the the story in the middle of them is really the story the that, yeah. that is the key or the one that he, he wants you to focus on. We don't, we just don't recognize that structure unless somebody points it out to yeah. us. And once they do, then it's really easy to be like, Oh, I read that. Oh, I read that. Or I'm reading something. And then you a little bit later be like, Oh, that sounds like what I read up there. Okay. So what's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the important thing. Yeah. We anyway, in, yep. In undergrad, we always called it the hinge, marking hinge. Yes, there you go. Because it was the idea of like you got your your base plate, and then it hinges in the middle, and then you have the repetition a base plate on the other. And the only reason yeah. that the base plates function or do anything is because of the hinge in the middle. But it's the same thing. And then also, you describing the writing pattern was exactly what Gary Brandenburg introed and said. He was oh gonna, yeah. yeah, he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by telling you what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Then I'm gonna say it. And, and then I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you what, what I said. <laughs> All right, let's begin. <laughs> and then he did. He did exactly that. Because he, he knows form. what he's doing. He does know what he's and doing. And he knows who's he, who he's talking to. Yeah, he's been doing it a long time. But this Sunday uh, is going to be a, a skip-off of the Psalms. We're going to have a break. And we're going to have another uh, speaker sharing with us. And it's going to be Chris Sherrod. Um, and he's going to be concluding something for yeah. a lot of other people, but just starting it for us, which is always... a a funny thing. Uh, yeah, it, I, I I don't envy him for that, but I think that um, it's it's important. Um, we have Disciple Now going on this weekend, and I don't know uh, how many of us actually had Disciple. When I was growing up, we had Disciple Now. Did y'all have Disciple Now at your church? No, because we, we, I grew up in a Bible church that right. very much defined itself without baptist terms. Yeah. And so we <laughs> we did. Um, we had conferences and different whatevers. It was essential disciple. Now we, I just didn't know the term. It wasn't called, it wasn't called that, but you had the same thing. We had the same kind of concept. And then, um, yeah, it was the first time because then I went to Washtenaw Baptist. I went to a Baptist university. Yeah. And so then when I was approached and asked to do a disciple now, I thought I was committing to like a, a mentoring program or something. And then I was like, Oh, as the name would suggest, as it would suggest, (laughs) but Again, it made made no, a lot more sense. The name says disciple now. Well, all we're doing is now. We're not yeah. we're not doing it later. We're not doing it before. You're just discipling on this weekend. Yeah. But I, I loved them. I love doing them. Oh, they're fantastic. Even, even as a college student, just the opportunity um, that you got to just be a you know respected voice almost automatically just because you're older and you're in college and then you got to come in and you know, consider God's word with a bunch of students and get to know them very quickly. And then I think just you and I had truth. very different groups that we did disciple nows for. Cause I was not usually respected for being a college <laughs> student. I'm like, who's this schmuck? <laughs> you know, we carry ourselves very differently. Well, maybe it's Arkansas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma. That was the difference. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, there's, there's a lot of differences there. Um, but we'll leave that at uh-huh. both of us Won't live in helpful. Texas now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember like some of the, um, most poignant moments of, of our, of my, um, youth group life, 
uh, we're, we're kind of in, in the midst of disciple. Now I had, had a friend that, um, um, I had invited to, well, our family had invited his family to church. Um, we grew up together. He's my best friend growing up. His name is Tony men. And, uh, um, a poignant moment in our friendship, uh, was at a disciple now, or at least for me, I don't, he probably doesn't remember this at all was, uh, um, I had a temper growing up. I have a temper still, mm-hmm. but, uh, that is one of my character flaws is, uh, not, um, controlling my temper mm-hmm. sometimes. And that's frustrating to me. Makes uh, me mad. Yeah. Makes me mad that I can't control my temper. Um, it's just a vicious cycle, but uh, um, we had been talking um, about uh, in during this disciple now, and it was um, at a friend's house, and um, I can't even remember who our teacher was, or probably somebody that was brought in outside of the church. Um, but he'd been doing a great job, and we were talking about, um, I think, not being ruled by our emotions, hmm. um, or, or at least that was part of what we were talking about. Um, and so it was, I mean, I, I was feeling super impacted by this and everything like that. And the last night, um, of disciple now we were outside playing football or something like that. And I lost my temper mm. and Tony looked at me and said, well, I can see you're getting a lot from what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> like, teachable moment right there. I mean, you know, it's different when it's a, it's one of the teachers or the adults saying something like that to you. But when it's your friend, you're like, oh, man, yeah. like, that's painful. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, I, it just made it very real to me in that moment. And I probably lost my temper then, too, um, because being, uh, the, what, what's the proverb? The, um, better the, it's not strike, but, better to be struck by a friend than um, kisses from an mm-hmm. enemy or and, something like yeah. that. And that he, he, he got me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like it's moments like that where you can actually be focused on uh, scripture and what scripture says with your friends for an extended mm-hmm. period of time. Yeah. That I think really makes a difference um, in your, there's not as many breaks. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. When I started in student ministry was the first thing that Chris invited me in to do. Um, at the time when, when the church was in a very different, different place and was, um, really kind of even without structured ministers and ministries. Uh, and that was just kind of forming and, and lay leaders were doing so much and caring so much. Mm-hmm. And so really, really Chris's, you know, initial thing was like, Hey, I need you to come in and I need you to lay a foundation for student ministry. I need you to kind of start with a, what is the basis kind of principles yeah. that we can build on. Um, so first off in our conversations, I, I mean, almost immediately it was the, okay, so everything we're doing, the first question is, should we stop doing it? Yeah. <laughs> is canceling. Is, is this yeah, really is this what we helpful? need to be spending uh, our time on? And we did a lot. We did a lot of that in my, yeah. I'd say my second year, my first year was kind of going through it all. Yeah. And you, just kind of you need following to experience it and the, see if there's something you right, don't know the norms. And then, then the next year it was like canceling tons of things. Cause we were just for, for so much of it, it was just doing things. Right. Um, it wasn't actually doing things intentionally or doing things with a purpose. Mm. It was just kind of doing and doing and doing and doing. And a lot of that doing was to 
attracting students away from families or away from, um, again, other places where they could be serving instead of just being entertained. And so we cancel a whole lot of things um, and ask that question about what it, what are we doing intentionally with a lot of it. Right. And D-Now, and I would say D-Now, and I would say Summer Camp, where the two kind of, again, very, very big, like, there's yeah. no way we're going to be able to cancel this because it was just kind of the such the normal built-in structure. Right. Um, but even in going through them, you know, my first question of, of always, you know, wanting to be, be careful with is, are we just creating a, a spiritual high, you know, an emotional right. appeal? Um, and really that, an emotional appeal by keeping kids up too late, feeding them a lot of junk food, making them very exhausted, and then whammo, Jesus at the end. When you're when you're in the in the in the worst part, I suckered you in with candy, and now right. I'm hitting you with the gospel. Um, you know, and 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 I say that kind of tongue in cheek. I came out of a parachurch ministry working for a camp. Right, this was a very real and understood thing. Of um, we really know how to. Yeah, you when you talk about the mountains and the valleys of life, and you yeah. go up and and you have this moment in a mountaintop moment that can carry you through when you're in the valleys. You know, there, I'm not disregarding that. I think there is yeah. something in life that makes sense about that, and then there's something obviously even in our spiritual walk that makes sense of that. I think camping, so summer camp, I think D now oftentimes serves as those elements for yeah. especially students throughout the year. I just don't want to abuse that, right, um, and misuse that. Yeah. Uh, you know, for for you know, kind of ill-gotten gains with just trying to trick somebody into something. Um, but that really wasn't it. I don't mind. I don't mind tricking people into Jesus. That's fine with me. As long as it ends with Jesus. Then I you're, mean, that's you're okay. why I'm a worship pastor. That's right. The means. It's all all about the method of the means. And Oh, my gosh. No, and, and I think it was one of the things I saw even as a student minister with D-Nows and creating D-Nows and, and using D-Nows, the, there's two big things that are kind of fun um, right off the bat that we saw. One was immediately kids doing creating moments like you you just shared creating yeah. life together moments um and then those life together moments being also tapped into its spiritual moment right and so you have this you know whereas you know you can have two guys who are friends on the baseball team or they you know may go to school together and share one or two classes and know each other or know of each other um, but never really you know meaningfully experience more than just the surface level life together. Yeah. And this kind of would foster so many times that, you know, improved relationships of, of kids either who already knew somebody, but then now taking it to a interesting next level of depth in their, you know, again, walk with Jesus as now their walk with Jesus overlaps with each other. Yeah. Or then even as for the, for the um, kind of culture of a youth group, that same idea happening between kids who didn't know each other well. And now, you know, they may have come to Sunday school for a year together and just never overlapped. And now you create a fun environment that then they're enjoying each other and then learning about Jesus and having spiritual moments that they all are kind of, you know, being, being, uh, be sharing together as they're, you know, going through this process. Yeah. And then now next time it's a Wednesday night and they're hanging out they may interact different and they yeah. may interact more purposefully and they may yeah. take this next you know step. So it, it served, I think that one purpose in the beginning was very clear. Um, the next one, and this is continuing to be the case because a lot of times, um, you know, the, the motif for D nows is you go bring in the outside speaker. Um, and I, and I've done this a lot. I've been that guy who's brought in, yeah. um, you know, I feel like that was, uh, in college, because I went to a Bible uh, school and, and was uh, 
was studying in a Bible program, we all were the ones that then all the youth pastors came in to get kids, get us to be with their kids yeah. and doing denials. And then we all graduated and then all got into the vast majority of a lot of them got into youth ministry. Yeah. Um, I was a little slow to that game, end, but, but then all we were doing now is, is rotating amongst each other, being the speakers for these two now. <laughs> and so it just kind of was like phase, phase two. Um, but you still had the friends who were doing that. So you still right, came and spoke, right. even though you were Institute of wilderness study. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, even though I had a very different job, it was still, still all fit in. And yeah. there is something, there's something to an outside voice, especially when you just hear from one person over and over. But what we found when I started doing uh, Disciple Now's here was kind of, again, like why, why go so far out, spend money to bring in an outside voice when there's a really, really talented, gifted, spirit led leader that they're, that they are being shepherded by, even if they don't know it, their parents are being shepherded by them. Right. Um, and so vicariously through that, why not have them be that touch point? And that, that was, again, some of the, some of the neatest things at the time it was Chris and it was, um, Pike Wisner and, mm. and really again, getting now these students to see, you know, their lead pastor, their pastors in a more, a different setting and a more intentional setting with just oh my directly gosh, to she's wearing shorts exactly um <laughs> as my daughter calls pike there's pike and then there's the mowing pike <laughs> because she saw pike weisner mowing <laughs> his yard in shorts and she was like what what is going <laughs> that's on a, i was like oh that's pike no that's a different pike that's not that's, that's not a mowing pike. pike and i was yeah. like that's really funny but in in that and in that kind of connection point and i think that has kind of been a thread that's been com- and continued, continued on even in John Starrock leading the, the youth ministry now. Hence why Chris Sherrod, one of our, our discipleship ministers now, is going to be sharing yeah. uh, and speaking to them. And so that's that's kind of fun. That's cool that Chris Legg still has a large voice in the student ministry. Chris yeah. Sherrod still gets invited in. Um, I get invited back. And, and it's, an, it's a neat yeah. thing to reconnect and to have those that are leading in other capacities, maybe not most directly with them, still connected to them, still right validating their experience of our church together. Yeah. And, and, and hearing, like you said, uh, scripture, like sound scriptural teaching, yep. um, that they can apply, which I, I mean, is huge. Uh, and, and, but it's something that just popped into my head. Um, and maybe we'll end with this is, is, uh, is the idea that like we do these things for our students and everything like that. We need to make sure like you're not, you're, I doubt any of our students are listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you you don't get to not be involved in discipleship or doing something like this in your own life just because we don't always program that. I mean, we had like the men's event, the women's event, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But make sure, like, you're an active participant in your own survival. Mm. Um, make sure that you're talking to your friends and being involved in each other's lives in a way that... Um, matters more than just you know the day-to-day ridiculousness that happens Mm -hmm. anyway be encouraged